trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome back to the Inside Feed. On this week's episode, we are talking with 2019 MVP and Whip Snakes attackman Matt Rambo, and we get him to spill the tea on his interesting yet somewhat relatable tweets. Hashtag help, hashtag need answers. Hashtag help, hashtag need answers. All right, our big story <laughs> this week is Top 50 is back starting yes. Monday. Voted by the players. Yes. I think we need Voted to emphasize that. People always gave us a lot of slack last year. I'm like, oh my gosh, who created this list? Well, the players created the list, literally. <laughs> so when you see it, you may be shocked, but it's also going to hopefully give you appreciation for the guys that the rest of the league really appreciates what they're doing on the field. And they may not be the flashiest player, but they're contributing to the team and they're doing their job. So um very excited to see what everyone thinks of the list. I don't know if I was like, I was shocked, but I also wasn't when I first saw it. Yeah, it, the list I think is surprising, but it's surprising in a good way. Like you said, there's a lot of guys who I think, um, I don't know if like fly under the radar is the right word to use, but like they're huge for their teams, but you might not like notice them as much as some of the other like bigger name stars that are on the list and are like pretty high on the list as well. So I think that's really nice. Um, but yeah, when we were looking at the, there's just, there's so many players and to narrow it down to 50 that like someone that you love is definitely going to be left off the list. And you're like, what? How is that? Person I know. Not it's like, list? why? Yeah. So there's definitely some surprises that you'll, you'll get to see that are interesting. We also have to give a shout out to everyone who had the inside feed on their Spotify wrapped top podcast of 2020. We see you and we appreciate you. No, I had mine. I've had people send it. They're like, oh my God. And it's like, oh, thank you. I actually don't mind seeing people's Spotify rap because I like seeing like, I always am interested in new music because I feel like I listen to just the same stuff over and over again. So I like seeing what like other bands people listen to with their taste in music, taste in podcasts. Like I don't really mind seeing it. Same. I wish it was like easier to see other people's like, inside like spotify like following the people i follow like look at their spotify wrapped so Mm -hmm. i can like understand like them um but i totally agree i love seeing them it's interesting i saw a tweet yesterday some girl tweeted that that was like her intern project when she worked at spotify like last year and they are still using it like some really apparently yeah oh it's just like her she better get a job I know. I hope she has a good job now because of that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our interview with Matt Rambo. Please welcome to the show 2019 MVP, 2019 Attackman of the Year, your championship series leader in points and assists and brother to Tucker Boy, Whip Snakes Attackman, Matt Rambo. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, girls. How's Tucker Boy doing? He's good. I just saw him this morning, actually. I went and saw my parents this morning, and uh, I saw uh, Tucker. He's good. He's happy. He's living the life. Of course he is. What have you been up to this off season since since you guys repeated? What have I been up to? What have been, Tucker's been up to? Tucker's been chilling and sleeping and hanging out, but I've been playing a lot of golf lately. Um, actually, with like this whole COVID thing going on, I've been doing a lot of teaching, uh, a lot of camps, a lot of clinics all over the country. So that's been awesome because 
you know, I play indoor as well, so I don't get to do as many as I'd like to. But right now with the dead period, I've been doing it, you know, every other weekend and traveling a little bit when uh, just being safe, getting tested like every other week and just making sure I'm staying healthy. I haven't caught COVID yet, but um, I've been just enjoying it every other day I play, but we'll see if I get any better soon. We we saw that there was a Whip Snakes post bubble championship get together at Stag's house. We're a bit pissed that we didn't get the formal invitation, but yeah. how how was it? Was it fun seeing everyone again and talking about everything? I mean, you're not a Whip Snake fan, but Lisa, <laughs> so Lisa might be invited. It's you been like two it. minutes. How are we just talking? Like, <laughs> you didn't waste any time here. <laughs> but it was awesome. I think majority of the guys came. Uh, it was at his house. I think a bunch of us got Airbnbs or whatever, right? on. Uh, he lives right on the beach. And, you know, his wife and him made a bunch of food. And we had a good cake. We had a good celebration. It was uh, it was a blast. I'm, I'm happy we did it. Because last year we didn't have – the biggest get together in New York city, just because everyone was working and it was hard for everyone to get together. But, you know, with the bubble, a lot of people can work from home and it's a lot easier. We were all connected and uh, it was fun. You know, we were all having fun partying. some people brought their, you know, girlfriends or wives. And then uh, we just played a bunch of games and, you know, drank some beers and, you know, we were with the King snake stags and he's the best. Well, let's talk about the road to repeating because, um, you know, this off season, I think one of the toughest things to do in sports and Stags has said this to you guys before too, I know is, is repeating. It's one of the hardest things to do in sports. And I think, um, you know, whether you realize it or not, it's always on like the top of people's minds. Um, so what was Stags sort of like, advice going into the championship series or like what was sort of the mindset this off season of focusing on what you guys needed to focus on and not really focusing on the pressure of repeating obviously there was pressure repeating but we try to you know cut that out when we got to the bubble and then leading up to the bubble we did a lot of zoom meetings the offense the defense everything uh everyone together um, leading up to the bubble, there was a lot of issues going on in our country. So we had to have a lot of talks with that. And I thought by the time we got to the bubble, everything was, you know, clear the air. Everyone said what they needed to say. Everyone was, you know, there was no one mad at each other. It was just, you know, people have different opinions and everything. And, you know, we worked it out as a team as we supposed to. So when we got to the locker room, we didn't have to talk about that. And all we could do was just focus on lacrosse. So I thought that was awesome with Coach Staggs as a leader. We had a bunch of leaders on their team speak up what they thought. And, you know, we're all family over there. But, you know, it wasn't about repeating so much because our team was totally different. We lost Connor Kelly. We lost Drew. We lost Ben. We lost Drenner. We lost a bunch of guys. So it was a totally different team coming into it. So we had to kind of mesh and find the chemistry right away. And it had to be so fast because – uh, we, we were only there for, you know, three, four weeks together. So we had to find that chemistry right away. And I love how Stags always starts his training camp. And, you know, we kind of start slow and then we ramp it up towards the end. And um, we just had a good time and it was more enjoyable. It was, we felt more like professional athletes more than ever. Usually 
you know, you go Friday or Thursday to the game and then you're practicing for two or three days and then you go and play the game and then you go home to your family or your friends or wherever you live and then you come back. But this time we were playing and practicing and then we could review it and then we were waking up and then we are having meetings and it was just a better experience um, as a team for us, what I loved about it. I wish, you know, lacrosse could be a full-time thing for everyone but we're obviously not there, but it's growing. It will be there one day, I believe. Maybe not when I'm playing, maybe when I'm playing. But, you know, just just being together with the guys was the best thing ever. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Terps, so we all get together. But even the guys that aren't Terps, and I know a lot of people think it's like the Maryland group, uh, you know, some of the guys I'm really close with weren't even are not even Terps. Like me and Joe Nardella are closer than ever, and he's a Rutgers guy. And uh, me and Zed are closer than ever, and he's a Virginia guy. And I sit next to Ty Warner in the locker room, and I love the joke with him, and he's a great dude. So, you know, we were just such a tight family group. It's just awesome to be with. And uh, I just think our locker room is just the best locker room out of any of the teams. Uh, I just feel like we gel together the best. And, you know, that's my opinion. Maybe that's not everyone's opinion, but that's what I think. You touched on it a little bit, but you lost a lot of your offense from the expansion draft in, you know, a, a lot of them, right? right? What was that conversation like between you and Stags, kind of analyzing what this entry draft looked like and what this college draft looked like, and then watching it unfold in the bubble, and it worked out just wonderfully for y'all with, you know, that connection that you and Zed have in every, I mean, all brad too i mean what was right. that conversation between you and coach well when we me and coach were talking during a th- um you know entry draft i'm not a captain but i think he likes to come to me with a lot of things just because you know i'm more of like the quarterback of the offense and you know especially last year i had a really good year in 2019 that um we wanted to keep the defense together. They're such a strong suit. They're on the same page. They're really hard to beat. So that's it's hard to keep everyone. We were trying to push to be able to keep more players um, on the expansion draft, you know, talking the league and everything. But, you know, we had Brad. Um, I knew Brad from college. I watched him in college. And, um, you know, it's kind of like the next man up mentality. So, Brad came out. I think he had a chip on his shoulder. No one really knew who he was coming in the league. And now he, you know, I think he was the best rookie that year. And then uh, Zed, I think Zed had a chip on his shoulder. I don't think he should have dropped at the fifth pick that, to us. But um, I think, you know, I forget one of his coaches was in the MLL, is a PLL coach, and he didn't pick him up and he went on a different route. So I think. You know, that's a conversation to have. And I think that Zed had a little chip on his shoulder. He's a competitor. He gels really nice. And we have two really big attackmen on the right and the left side. And it is hard to stop just because we're both powerful. But at the same time, Zed is quick. He has the best hands. Uh, my relationship with him is unbelievable. I know where he's going to be all the time. We had such a good connection. You know, he's always right in the right spot. And the way he catches it and gets it out of the stick so fast. And he changes release and changes the ball every single time. It's just a nightmare for, like, goalies and defensemen, especially when he's going against defensemen. He's, you know, 235, 245. He's hard to, pretty, he's hard to stop. So, you know, having him on my side was the best thing that could happen to our offense. You know, but 
you know, our middies do our thing. You know, John Hall, Chan and Chuck, they always do their thing every single year for the last, you know, couple years they've been in the league and in college. So we knew what we were getting from them. But I think the question was, what is the attack going to do this year? And um, I think we had a, a really good attack this year that was very, very underrated. And uh, I think we surprised a lot of people. But we knew that we weren't underrated the whole time especially after the first practice seeing Zed play and Jake Carlson get in the mix. We knew we were just going to be fine. Zed writes in the new PLL book that's coming out, and he writes about how he knew that there was the core of Terps and that y'all knew each other and, you know, his his him navigating his way through finding what the culture is. And he talks about the conversations you and him had of you asking questions and the bond that y'all built off the field. What was how important was that to make sure that y'all are in sync on the field? Right, I think um, I learned a lot about Zed before I even met Zed. My roommate in um, Philly two years ago was a guy named Frank Brown. Um, he played indoor with me. He's in the MLL, and him and Zed are really close. Um, they're like best friends. They grew up together, so kind of getting a lot of background from Zed before I got there. I actually went on the um, his reservation before the PLL uh, bubble started not to even see Zed. And I saw like Zed's brother and everything. We waved and we chatted for a second. So it was pretty cool. Like meeting some of his family, even before I met him and um, just, it, it's just, it's just crazy how close you can get from someone by just learning a little bit about their background. Um, Zed doesn't ask you like what you're doing on the field. He's more worried about, how you are as a person, how you're doing, how's your brother, how's your mom and dad doing, how's your family doing. And I think that's such, you know, when people ask about Zed, he's just so nice of a person. He's the nicest, genuine person I ever met in my life. And it was so fun to really get to know him. And I think in America that you don't really get to um, learn about the Native American uh, culture that much. And I got the honor to live with a Native, um, Frank Brown, last year. and or two years ago. And I kind of learned a lot from just playing indoor and I didn't know a lot. So I got to learn a lot. And I think a lot of guys like Julia Caspio and other guys were asking about Zed's culture. And I think him just kind of educating everyone on his culture, like in the locker room or, you know, off to the side, just learning about his life. And I think that just makes people together because it shows that, you know, he's not, we're not just asking him to just ask him. We're asking him because we genuinely care about him and we want to know about him because he's going to be a part of our team for a long time. So we wanted to get his background and how, you know, how we grew up. And, you know, a lot of people don't know about the Native American culture because we don't get to really be taught that in school that much as much as we should. So I think learning a lot about his background, a lot about you know, he's learning all of our backgrounds that just bring the team together because we all care about each other. And that's why I say our locker room is so tight. It's not because we joke around the whole time because we actually care about each other and we ask about families. And, you know, Brett has a son. He used to FaceTime his wife and we used to see his son, Hank. And, you know, we get the, you know, Jeremy has kids and we get to see their kids. So it's just a just caring locker room. That's why I really love our team. How would you say Zed inspires you as a player? I think I don't really take it for granted as much. And I see how much the game means to him. And um, he talks about like it's the medicine game. And, you know, when I talk to him, it brings him happiness. 
but I think we both like kind of go off on each other. He's more quiet. I'm more loud. I get to see what he does. He feeds off my energy. If I'm talking smack on the field or fired up, Zed told me it helps him get more fired up and going. Or if I see Zed get really fired up, it helps me. So we kind of feed off each other's energy. And, um, you know, all the time, Zed always comes up to me during the game. You know, you're the best. Don't worry about it. Next one. And I'll do the same thing if he misses a shot and he's mad. Don't worry about it. You're going to get the next one. You're literally the best player. No one can stop you. So we just kind of go off each other. And that's the one thing that I really enjoy being with Zed is that we're never as negative to each other. We're always just positive. Everything's positive. Get the next one. We've been through this game for so long now that I just think it's very positive and it's positive energy. And I just love his whole routine with, you know, how he brings his himself to the game of lacrosse. And it's it's like a really beautiful thing to see how someone really cares about the game. And uh, it makes me care about it. It makes me, you know, look at the game a little bit differently now, uh, just playing with him. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Let's talk about that championship game. So you guys went 4-0 in group play. And most of the games you won, you won by a large margin. And then you um, beat, I believe it was the Redwoods, was your first game in the playoffs. That was another crazy overtime situation with the Redwoods. And then championship game, you guys are down, I believe, by three going to the fourth. And something just, like, clicks with your offense. And Brad Smith is the one to sort of get it going. And then Zed just goes crazy. You had a goal yourself. What was going through your mind in that fourth quarter? I think uh, we've been there before. And I think everyone – I think we were expecting it to be, you know, I'm not saying we expected it to be easier, but I didn't think we were, we didn't expect to get punched in the face like that at all by the chaos, which I knew before the series. I live with Blaze. We kind of thought it was going to be like a chaos, whip snake championship. That's what we said before we left, just because they picked up a lot of good guys and a lot of guys were playing in the bubble. So, you know, they had a scary team, but, um, you know, it's a game of runs. Our defense is holding it down. I think the chaos only scored six goals. So if you can hold a team to six goals, your offense should, you know, your, it's your job to score the more than six goals. So we knew a matter of time you were going to get a run, but when was our run going to be and is it going to be too late? Uh, nothing was clicking. And, you know, my hat's off the blaze. He was, I think, like 80-something percent going into the fourth quarter. So we had a lot of good shots. We had a lot of one-on-one shots. We were having a lot of good shots, but he was saving everything. So uh, we just knew eventually in time, just keep keep with the script. It's going to be all right. You know, during timeouts, Coach Staggs told us to keep our heads up, don't get frustrated and everything. So um, Brad Smith kind of just started it off. And then after that, Zed just went crazy. He just, you know, I, I've never seen anything really like that. Just scoring like five or – I don't even know how many goals he scored in the fourth quarter, maybe five the fourth quarter and he was just shooting and they were giving him a lot of space, more space than you should give him. And uh, he, he was just, he was just doing Zed stuff. Like uh, we were talking about the whole time, how he spins and then he uses his body, he catches everything. So he was just putting everything together in the fourth quarter. We needed that spark from someone and he kind of gave it to us. And then it kind of got us going. And then, you know, once that momentum train is going, it's hard to stop. And, uh, you know, I don't think there was any stopping us after we were getting rolling there. 
you live with Blaze, so I'm interested in knowing, like, what was that conversation like with him after that game was over? Um, and sort of to, like, what he was seeing from Zed in that fourth quarter and how just, like, unstoppable he was. Our conversation was, you know, it's a game of lacrosse. There was going to be a winner. There was going to be a loser. He did everything he could do. Their team, you know, didn't have the best four four games in the thing, and they really turned it around, which was awesome to see the chaos come together like that. So I think, you know, obviously he was pissed that he didn't win a championship, but – you know, he knew there was going to be a winner. There was going to be a loser. I told him he was unbelievable because he was unbelievable in that game and actually the whole series. So, I, you know, we didn't really talk about it. We play golf. We're competitive with everything. We can play a game of Uno and we're going to try and win. And, uh, you know, we'll play a hundred times until someone wins or whatever. So we're always competitive, but, you know, we're on the same line in indoor. We play together. So, wasn't a it wasn't like any hate it wasn't weird around here there was going to be one winner there was going to be one loser it just happened to be the whip snakes again which i'm very happy about and um you know that's about it about our conversation we talked about it i told him he played great um you know we just had a good conversation it's lacrosse it's you know he has a lot of years left and you know, he's one of the best at the goalie. Him and Kyle are the best right now. And it's uh, it's awesome to see because we all work together, camp together. Kyle, Blaze, me, Nardella, you know, Austin Papani. Like, we're all working together in these camps. So it's just fun. And lacrosse is, you know, there's always competitiveness. Lacrosse is, you know, it's such a fun, beautiful game that as much as you got to be competitive, you got to enjoy the game and have fun. To um performances we need to talk about too is Joe Nardella and um, Kyle Bernor. They both throughout the series were insane. Even in that uh, fourth quarter, Bernor didn't allow a single goal and Nard's got a lot of face-off wins that went in your guys' favor. How much did they impact your guys' championship series? I read something a couple months ago where I think Kyle and Nard's talked to each other. If they were both over 60% or at 60% that they were, it was going to be good for us. I don't even know what Nards was. Nards might have been like 70% this year, and he scored a bunch of goals, and he had a lot of success. Nards is the best face-off guy right now, and that makes our offense easier, and we get the ball more. So we have more chances to score, and they don't have the ball, so they can't score the ball. So that was awesome. Kyle stood on his head. I really didn't know he was going to win goalie of the year, Blazer, Kyle. I think it was so tight. I think that was such a hard decision to make. I think um, – they both could have split the award if they needed to. It was that close. It was that awesome. Um, Kyle came in kind of with a chip on his shoulder, as he always does. He's kind of he's kind of like that. And uh, Kyle played great all series. He's more of the he's he's a little bit quieter, I guess, in the locker room, but not quiet. But you know, he gets the defense going, and he really has them together. And you know, our defense is really vocal and. Kyle kind of has everyone together, and, you know, if we need to rely on someone, we can rely on Kyle and Marge all the time. And I think they showed that the whole series, and there's never a doubt in my mind if there's a shot that Kyle's not going to save it or if there's a face-off that Narge isn't going to win at every time. So it's good having two guys like that. It's kind of like their own position. Goalie and face-off is kind of like the single position, and if you can win those two positions, it's hard to beat a team. Yeah. I want to go back to your relationship with Zed because – 
We're dropping players top 50 starting Monday. And Emma and I both have been doing interviews with players across the league on, on different players. And every single guy I've talked to, when I mention either when I mention you, they always use the word unselfish when it comes to your playing style. And they mention how Zed sort of came into the mix and sort of became that guy for the whip snakes this season and how you were so happy for him. You were probably more happy for him when he scored a goal than when you scored a goal and other guys around the league noticed that this season. And where did that stem from? Does that come from that relationship you guys built in the off season? Yeah. And I think Zed was so happy to be with our team and Zed talked to me about it um, a bunch that he loves being with the Whipsnicks because we've been to a championship and we know how to win a championship. Zed's never won a championship, he said. So for him to be on this team and he knows he's going to do whatever he can and follow you know, all these older guys like, like Jake Bernhardt and Earhart, all these great players that have been around the league and won championships, that he was excited to be on a championship team. And for me, just to see Zed have a year like that because – I feel like a lot of people, I wouldn't say they rode him off, but I don't think he got the respect going in the entry draft as he should have because, you know, we're happy that he dropped the five, but I don't think he should have dropped the five. And I think, you know, our relationship with each other and how much he cares about, you know, us and our family, like I was saying, and then he, you know, cares about his own family even more with, you know, his daughters now and, you know, his wife that he's FaceTimes on, you know, before games and um, after games. And he's always carrying his stick everywhere because he doesn't want anyone to touch it. And I think that's his thing that I don't really know too much about because that's his thing. That's, you know, that's his stick. And he doesn't let, he doesn't, wherever he goes, the stick goes. So I think it's, it's just a, it's unbelievable. And I think, you know, if anyone deserved to have a big year like that, I think it's sad. Never won a championship how much he cares about everyone. It doesn't even matter if you're on our team. He still cares about people in the league and asks people how they're doing. So, you know, just seeing him score that goal, you know, was, was unbelievable or the goals, like he had a million of them that series. So just seeing him step up and we needed another leader on the offense to step up big all the time and not saying other guys on our team don't step up big, but for him to step up that big all the time, every game, is unbelievable and you know our offense is so tight that we don't care who scores like I think there was a game that means that both didn't score a point and we still won because you know we don't care we just want to just everyone contributes everyone does their thing everyone knows their role you know your role going in and you got to make be the best at your role maybe you are a top scorer in college but here you're just maybe a dodger and they slide you throw the ball don't go through a double Stuff like that and know your role is what really, you know, you got to buy in all the time. And I think Zed bought into his role, his, but the righty attackman role. And you needed to score a lot of goals this year. And you need to be the man, you know, all the time. You know, you and Rambo and, you know, our big middies have to really take control of this offense. And for Zed to really step up, and we've been telling him since the, the first practice, you know, all these new guys, Zed, Brad, Tuttle, like we told him from the very beginning, go, don't be shy, don't be shy. And just to see Zed not being shy at all, you know, I couldn't be more happy for him scoring that goal, 
scoring the goals, winning MVP. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. They could have split the MVP up between Zed, Burnmore, and Nardella. You know, they both had amazing years, and uh, I think that fourth quarter really did it for Zed. This year's been crazy for many reasons. Um, how much did it mean to the Web Snakes to repeat in this fashion? Because it's totally different than how you want it in season one. So how much did it mean to you guys to do it again and do it completely different than you did year one? It was different with the bubble, but I thought it was important to us because I think we were going into the bubble, obviously with our target on our back because we did win the championship last year. But, you know, no one in the media were talking about our offense. No one wasn't talking about us winning again. It was kind of on everyone else. So for everyone, for us to come in there and win every game, didn't lose a step, didn't lose one game. You know, we had two close games in the playoffs. That's how it should be. But, you know, besides that, we had to prove a point to ourselves and not just to us, to our fans, to our family, and to everyone, you know, that it wasn't just a one-year-and-done kind of thing. Yeah, we lost a lot of players, but we got a lot of good players. And we were fine with that. So I think it was just a statement. And now, you know, we have even a bigger target on our back because we have a chance to three-peat, which we're excited about. We're not really going to talk about a three-peat. We're just going to talk about winning a new year. And it starts with just winning the first practice. We don't we don't look at the championship until the end. But I think for us, it was really important because I think a lot of people wrote us off in the beginning of the year. I don't think a lot of people were talking about you know, the whip snakes are offense. And people were talking about the archers offense and the chaos offense. No one talked about us. And I think us coming in, I don't know who averaged the most goals. I don't know if it was us, but I know that we were really scary offense. And I think uh, surprised a lot of people, but it didn't surprise us at all. So, you know, we had a lot of big chips on our shoulder and, you know, we had to prove a point. How do you guys three-peat? How do we three-peat? Yeah. That's we hit, next. We hit singles and do the right things. <laughs> That's it. We don't do crazy stuff. We don't, you know, we're not the flashiest offense. We don't throw a million skip pass. We just do the right thing and we hit singles and we don't care who scores. And I think that's different from a lot of teams in the league. And, you know, if they admit it or if they don't admit it, I think, you know, we don't care who gets the points. And I think that shows it. And I think everyone can see it that we care about each other and I think it shows that we don't care who scores and I think it can show with other teams and um, you know people people notice that and I think that's what makes a team you know it doesn't matter who scores it doesn't matter if Earhart has 20 takeaways or Don has you know 20 takeaways it doesn't matter they're a group we're a group but at the same time we come together as one big team and that's what all that matters is about winning you know, the whole game through everything. And it doesn't take one person, doesn't take, you know, two, it's the whole team. And that's what Coach Stagnita really harps on. And, you know, Coach Stagnita didn't win a championship until last year, and now he has two under his belt. So the way he's coaching our team, I think he's doing the right thing. He's one of the best coaches I ever have. And I think the way he organizes us, the way that he disciplines us, we don't have too many stupid penalties. The way that he makes us unselfish is uh, unbelievable. He's a player's coach, and a lot of credit got to go to Stags. I know he gives all the credit to us, but you know you got to give a lot of credit to him, Coach Grady, and Coach Murphy as well. All right. Well, do you think it's time to spill the tea, Emma? It's time to spill the tea. <laughs> okay. 
During this segment, we are going to get our guests to do exactly what the name of the segment says, and that's to spill the tea. But first, this segment is brought to you by Sun Chlorella. Sun Chlorella's new Infuse Your Mood Tea is just what you'll need to get ready for the crazy holiday season. Made with 100% Eleuthero leaves, Infuse Your Mood Tea will leave you feeling renewed and calm. It's also non-GMO project verified and has no caffeine, making it perfect to drink before bed or any time you just need to relax. You can purchase a box of 20 tea bags or a two ounce loose leaf bag for yourself using code SPILLTHETEA to receive 20% off at checkout at sunclorellausa.com. Again, use the code SPILLTHETEA at checkout to receive 20% off at sunclorellausa.com. Are you a tea drinker, Rambo? I am. I'm a big tea drinker, actually. Nice. Well, we'll need to get you some Sunclorella. We're going to get Rambo to spill the tea on some of his tweets because if you don't follow him on Twitter, at RatMambo, um, he has some very good tweets. They make me laugh. First, we need to get talk about the hashtag help, hashtag need answer, hashtag. Where did that like come from? That came from high school as a joke, and it kind of like everyone does it around here kind of as a joke, so I always do it. But kind of, you know, you ask a question, you put help, need answers, and then next thing you know, you got a lot of answers, and people give you a lot of, you know, replies to it. So I think it shows the people that you actually want to reply, not just put a stupid question out there. So um, that's where that comes from, just from high school. Are you someone where you think of something and you tweet it immediately, or you have a thought and it just lingers and you're like, you know what, I'm going to Twitter? I kind of just think of something and it just comes off the head, and I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, you know, your your Twitter is, you know, I don't, they, they don't know how to explain it. And they're like, we read it in your voice because we can just see you tweet it right then and there, just thinking and just tweeting it. And it helps a lot. A lot of people on Twitter really help me with a lot of my questions or, you know, answers. Okay. Well, this first tweet isn't really a hashtag help, hashtag need answer. It's more of just a thought. You tweeted this the other day. You said the correct way to say aunt is not aunt is aunt, not aunt, if that makes sense. Did someone it make it makes say sense. aunt? Yeah, I w- a lot of people say aunt, or my old roommate from college always says auntie. And I always just think that's so weird. I just doesn't I never heard it really growing up. It's just an aunt to me and I just think it's the right way to say, you know, my aunt, you don't say my aunt. I just feel like it doesn't come off the tongue that well. So for me, in Philly, we say aunt, not aunt. I say What do you say? I say aunt. I say aunt. Yeah. Yeah, That's the right way. Okay, next one has to do with the holiday season. It's not, it's reef, not reef. Just found this out. You thought it was reef, like, in the ocean. Kind of reef. Yeah, um, I put that in my family group chat that I need a wreath, and I spelled it the wrong way. And I never, you know, typed out a wreath or really used the word wreath ever. And um, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing that people are texting me, questioning my education from Maryland and my high school. So, you know, sometimes you find out words. I'm not spelled the right way. I'm not a great speller anyway. Yeah, it's more, you knew, you know what it is. You just didn't know how to spell it properly. That's all. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, this one is a hashtag help, hashtag need answer one. 
Why do people named Matthew always go by Matt and not Hugh? Hashtag help. Hashtag need answers. That's an excellent point, actually. Um, right. Because some people named Patrick go by Rick or <laughs> other names use the back end of a name. So I was like, you know, why don't people call me Hugh instead of Matt? You know, why don't we use the back end of some names instead of the front name? of You know, so... That's where I was looking at it as. So I thought, you know, maybe some other people have names that they don't. Would you like no to idea. start I calling saw, you? I was thinking about it and I was like, this is kind of weird. Maybe people should be called Hugh and not Matt would be pretty cool. But <laughs> I guess Hugh's already a name. I don't know if Hugh's short for anything. That's true. Hugh or, is an already name. Um, no, it's a valid point though because sometimes people name james go by jim basically the english language doesn't make much sense exactly that's where i'm kind of going for william goes by bob yeah right yeah yeah what <laughs> or bill 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 sorry william goes bill. by bill, yeah. bill. i knew what you meant it doesn't make sense. you know what i meant thank you yeah Okay, this next one and final one is a good Goodbye, Bob. So it's, yeah. it's weird. It makes no sense. Okay, this last one you said, but seriously, how do these big ass boats float? Hashtag help, hashtag need answers. <laughs> I just don't understand. And everyone's like the buoyancy and everything, but no one can like sit down and explain to me like there's like a billion ton aircraft carrier and you're telling me like some buoyancy and some air is going to hold this thing up in the air or on the water it doesn't make that much sense and then i just don't really understand it fully because maybe i have to go to like some physics class and learn it or talk to a science teacher but it doesn't make that much sense how these boats that are weigh so much you know tons can just float without sinking <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to explain it either to anyone. Do you, Emma? Yeah, there's just like buoyancy <laughs> the air pockets. And I'm like, so you're telling me this air is going to hold this big steel ship up? And there, no one can really explain it that well. Well, if someone can explain it to Matt, hashtag help, hashtag need answers. And explain it to me too, because I also don't know how to explain that. Thank you. At least we're on the same page. <laughs> all right, Matt. Well, I think that's all we need from you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Oh, miss you. Yeah, no, I miss you. you. Might we'll have to come up to Philly. Yeah, come up to Philly. I'm getting but bored down here. We don't say we don't say y'all in Philly either. Just to let you know. I say y'all. Emma does. So I say y'all, and I'm I'm an hour and a half down ninety five from you right now. You probably picked that up from living with Emma, right? Sorta, and living yeah. in the country. Well, you girls have fun. Stay safe from COVID. And uh, you Merry too. Christmas or happy you holidays. You too, Rambo. This podcast is also brought to you by our incredible friends at Ticketmaster, the official presenting sponsor of the PLL. Ticketmaster has all of your needs when it comes to concerts, sporting events, arts and theater, and more. To check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. Holidays are 20... Oh, I'm not good at math. 22 days away. Christmas, Hanukkah is on the 10th. Perfect place to find a present for that special someone. 
Again, to check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. All right, that is our episode. Woo! Before we go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and please leave us a review. Make sure you also follow us at The Inside Feed on Twitter and Instagram and at LisaRemin29 and at EmmaDams on IG. You can also follow at RatMambo on IG and Twitter. Every time I go to like text Rambo or something, I actually just type in rat into my um, like (laughs) text message because in my mind, I'm like, oh, anytime I like post something on social, I'm like RatMambo, RatMambo. So I should probably just change his name in my phone to that too. Uh, the same with Ryder. It's R.S. Garns. Someone was like R.S. Yeah. It's like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. 